not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a truthican, and the truth as I see it is that we've been divided in this country by design by people who benefit from that division, and it's not going to turn out well for 99% of us unless we all come together as one human race, realize we have all the power, and tell the establishment to go fuck themselves. Before Trump won, then everybody was like, these election machines are all fucked up. They shouldn't be connected to the internet, and why are there computers inside them when they just got account shit? But then Biden won, and they were like, no, they're fine now. If you're not smart enough to be my friend, fuck you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truthkin Podcast, episode 73. Yeah, 73 in a row. We thought we were going to miss it, but we did a, a live stream last week, so we hope you guys enjoyed that, and we will be doing more of those going forward. But if you're new to the Truth Again podcast, uh, Mike and I are both professional stand-up comedians, and we think that almost everything we're told is bullshit, and we have really gotten immersed in it the last couple of years especially. Mike's been on board with it a lot longer than I have, um, but it's already been several years, and uh, the bullshit list just continues to grow daily, and uh, that's what we talk about on this podcast, so we hope you enjoy it. And if you disagree with us, we hope you'll at least give us a few minutes before you turn us off. Um, but we're getting to the point where we don't even, we don't even try to convince people anymore. Like if you're still on board with like team Biden or any of that shit, then you're just, you're part of the problem. So beat it. <laughs> you're, you're definitely not part of the solution. That's like what Bongino says about Republicans and Democrats. He's like, Republicans are not the solution to all of your problems, but Democrats are definitely the, the cause yeah and uh the bullshit grows every day man i was just watching uh i was watching a couple things before we got on here um i was watching the the thing about uh the trump press conference i was watching a little bit of that and then a few minutes ago right before we got on here i watched this really disturbing video about some guys they caught in texas um doing some vile shit to like a toddler in a bathroom and it's on the dark dark web so you know there's like a there's an audience for this kind of sick stuff and uh just gives more credence to the whole pizzagate thing as far as i'm concerned and it makes me wonder how much of how much of that business because it is a business there's there's money that changes hands for these things like I wonder if a group of guys goes out, does something terrible, films it, and then says, like, hey, who wants to watch this? Versus how many losers are sitting around on their dark web thing and they get a message from a rich guy that's like, hey, I'll give you this if you go out and make me this. And then they choose their victim and go do whatever. Like, I wonder how many of them are instructed to do these things versus how many of them just do them and then just throw them up on the internet. Like, I feel like the, the guys that are paid to do specific things. I, I think that's probably what happens more often, but I have no idea. I don't know how to know or who to ask, but it seems like that would be more likely. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a, a, a market for it, unfortunately. And, uh, um, you know, I've said this before, but when they bust these t these child trafficking rings and pedophiles and shit, it's, it's not just your garden variety creepy bastard. It's like doctors and nurses and clergymen and cops and 
all kinds of shit. So to think that it can't be in higher levels of the government or celebrities or any of that kind of stuff, I think is just naive, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that make me look at countries in the middle East and think like, at least they got that right. As far as granted, I, you know, depending on what country you're in, like they definitely do not get it right, but They'll cut dicks off is my point in some of these countries. Like if you do something terrible, they'll cut your dick off. And that's people should have that fear in America. That's why the law exists, because the the impulse is there to do these things for a, a good chunk of the population. Like they need that law to be like, no, I don't want to do that. But now the punishment is like, oh, if I get caught, like I'm not going to be able to live near a school. And it's like, that's not a good enough punishment, you know, like I might go to jail for a few years or whatever. It's like, no, if I get caught doing this, they're going to cut my dick off. Like, I feel like that is a better threat for something like that. And it should be extreme like that. Like there's there's no like, well, technically, according to the law, it's like, no, he did something terrible. He should have something terrible happen to him. Yeah, absolutely. And especially now that I've got a kid, I'm more on more and more on board with that. And, you know, on a certain level, I empathize with somebody who's got a screw loose to where they they are attracted to that kind of thing. Like, I can't imagine that being part of your makeup, you know, like that that would suck and it's gross. But at the same time, I have no empathy for them at the same time because they're children and they're so innocent. And to get off on something like that. I'm like, you know, hopefully there's a, a part two for you somehow. But for this life, you're fuck you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I think a lot of it comes from their own experiences, you know, like something probably happened to them when they were young and they it, that just imprints in your brain, you know, and you're like, this is what happens to to young people in my family or whatever the case. Luckily, that stuff never happened to me you know i mean i got i definitely got things from my family but nothing illegal but i got like you know don't i don't have like personal conversations with my family like we're all of our conversations are like information exchange only it's like how are you how's the weather what's for dinner like that kind of stuff. Our My whole family is never like, so how do you feel? Like, what do you think about that? <laughs> like that kind of shit. So it's just, that's just a, a very innocent example of like, you do the shit that you were raised with your entire life, you know? So, and not to say that all of those people were victims of adults when they were young, but maybe they had other young people around and did weird shit and maybe the adults were cool with it. Maybe they didn't even know about it, but like that kind of stuff just locks you in, you know, and it's hard to get out of whatever that is. I didn't think that feet were sexy until I was hooking up with a girl and she put her feet on my face and I was like, Oh fuck, this is kind of hot. And now it's like, uh, like if a girl takes her shoes off, I'm just like, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> but like, I never would have been that way if that, experience didn't happen to me so i don't know but the, i i guess until we get the technology to like erase childhood memories and like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and shit then we're gonna have to cut dicks off and until then then i think that should be the answer 
Yeah, and it's also not to say that everyone who gets abused in that way becomes abusers because that's not fair, and I'm sure they don't. Um, I know they don't. I, I know people who have been abused in that way and, and never became that. Um, sure. But that's also part of why it's such a vile crime is the the ripple effect. And even if you don't become an abuser, um, yeah, I, I've known I've known people that that could never get their lives together and something happened to them when they were like three that they barely even remember. Um, but they were, they were never, they were given every opportunity to have like a good life and they just kept fucking up over and over and over because of something that happened to them at such a, uh, important stage of their life or something that they, you know, ashamed them in a way or, or broke something in them. And then they spend their whole life just like, I don't know what my fucking problem is. I mean, I kind of do, but I don't know how to fix it. You know, like that's also that's part of why it's so it's such a vile crime. And uh, I don't know what the answer is, but I think cutting dicks off is a is a pretty good start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least with with murder, like at least the person doesn't have to deal with the trauma of the situation afterwards, you know. Like yeah. when when you keep them alive after doing something terrible to them, then that's just a, a PTSD for the rest of your life. And yeah. yeah, like it's the same with having alcoholic parents or whatever. Like some kids will definitely turn into alcoholics because that's all they saw growing up. But a good chunk of them will also never drink because that's what they saw growing up. You know, it's just it's up to the individual too. like. So, yeah, I'm not saying every victim out there is a perpetrator now, but but I would think every perpetrator now is a victim from back then. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, this it, We probably should have started out uh, talking about our fun comedy shows. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's go back and tell the story about your bad show. Um, but I did want to hear about it. You told me enough through text that I was like, oh, my God, that sounds awful. Um, so, yeah, tell us. Mike just did a. Uh, a Christmas party way after Christmas. And, uh, it's what, it's what we in the biz call a corporate gig. It's where it's not at a comedy club, like a business just rents out a place that's normally for like wedding receptions and stuff. And they're like, we're going to have a Christmas party and let's have a little entertainment. So it's like all people that work together. It was a concrete company. So like half the crowd is like dudes in dirty jeans and like t-shirts and the other half are like the sales and marketing and all the VPs and stuff with their wives. So they have like suits and prom dresses and shit on. And so you can tell these people hardly ever interact during the day. So they're all like, oh, hey. So right away, I know it's going to be weird because there's no like camaraderie among the room and nobody wants to laugh out loud at anything because they don't know who these other people are and they don't want to be judged or whatever. So that's step one. Step two, first of all, it was their Christmas party. It was supposed to be December 9th, but a bunch of them got sick. So they postponed it until after Christmas, but still had the stockings and the tree and all right, none of that matters. So, <laughs> so then the it kind of does. It kind of does just because the whole thing's weird. 
the guy that was paying me, the guy that I was corresponding with this whole time, uh, he's like, I'm going to go up. I'm going to say hi to everybody or whatever, and I'll introduce you. And I was like, do you want me to write down something for you to say? And he was like, don't worry about it. I got it. And I was like, God. Oh, wait, let me back up. So first, right when I walk in, everybody turns their head and looks at me and gives like looks back at each other like, who's this? So I can tell. Like this all clicks in my brain immediately. Like all of these people know who each other are and I'm the weird stranger. So anyway, so I walk in, I happen to bump right into the guy that I've been emailing with, which was convenient, I guess. But so he's there with his wife and his wife comes up and she has like the biggest smile on her face and she goes, you're a surprise tonight. And I was like, wait, what? And she was like, yeah, nobody knows that there's going to be a comedian. We're just going to throw you up there and just let you go. And in my head, I'm like, that's not how this works. But my immediate thought was, oh, good. So nobody watched the special so I can do all of that material. That was my first thought. But so anyway, so then the guy's introducing me and he did like number one rule of introducing comedians is you say their name last which of course he didn't do. Uh, so he was like, so this next guy that's going to come and talk to you, his name's Mike Baldwin. Uh, he is a motivational speaker and he's going to talk to all of you guys about uh, positive attitude. And I, I just kind of stopped listening. Cause I was like, Oh fuck. Like now what am I going to say to get out of that? And I came up with nothing good, but so I walk up there and I'm like, Hey everybody, I'm not, a motivational speaker. I don't know why he would say such a thing. Like it was just so weird. And, and so then the comedy show is during dinner. So they've got this little buffet and the chafing dishes and all that set up. And so uh, 10 or 15 people are standing up at the thing, like making their plates. Everybody else is sitting at their tables. The tables are round. They hold about eight people so half of the room is facing the opposite direction from me and they're like doing one of these like watching me as they're eating and it's i mean i just can't say any more about it it was just one of the least funny like the best laughs that i got were like oh uh, well it looks like adam's not going to be in charge of selecting the entertainment next christmas and that got a good laugh because everybody's like, of course he's not. You're terrible. Yeah, it was easily one of the most awkward shows I've had in a while. I found out afterwards that like uh, a bunch of them were like super religious. So I was very offensive. <laughs> like, I didn't know, dude. I asked the guy, I was like, can I cuss? And he was like, yeah, you can say whatever you want. And I was like, I can say like balls and fuck and stuff. And he was like, yeah, dude, it's fine. And then I went up and I was like, hey, he said I could say fuck. And like half of them went, oh, and I was like, oh, God, this is going to be terrible. And it yeah. was. But now it's over. Yeah, those are the kind, those are the kind of gigs you just push play in your head and try to get through it. Um, but people think that when they book comedy shows that we can just perform in any environment and uh I remember reading in a book when I before I even really started comedy. It's called Zen and the Art of Stand Up Comedy, which I recommend to anybody starting out in comedy or wanting to do it. Um, it was a great book, but I remember the guy being like, you know, anytime I've had a bad set, I ask myself like, is there anyone who can do who could have done better? And and I have to tell myself like, it was a great book, but I didn't agree with this point, especially after doing comedy. He was like. 
he was like, is, are there any comedians that could have done a better job? And I have to remember there's guys like Jim Carrey and Robin Williams. And, and now that I've done comedy, I'm like, yeah, but Jim Carrey and Robin Williams at this point in their life wouldn't be doing those kind of gigs. So you're wrong. And if they had done it at the beginning of their career or before people knew who they were, it wouldn't have mattered how great they were anyway. There's some environments that just aren't right for comedy. Um, which kind of segues into the nicely to the Joe Coy thing, which I never watched. I don't watch the Golden Globes. I don't watch award shows. I didn't watch his monologue. Um, I didn't see very many positive things about it. But at the same time, as a comedian, I'm like, well, they set him up for failure. I mean, first of all, if, if he wasn't confident in the gig, he probably shouldn't have taken it on 10 days notice. Like I I get that the money was probably great and I probably would have taken it too, but absolutely dude. <laughs> and he probably didn't write a lot of those jokes. They probably had a writing team that were like, here's your jokes. They'll be on the teleprompter. Like just practice a little bit, you know? Yeah. And you can't do comedy that way. Um, and they were all sat at round tables and they're a bunch of dicks, you know, they're like all celebrities and he's not like, He's not one of them. He's not like a big shot. I mean, it, people know people who like comedy know who he is, but celebrities, he's not like even um, gosh, who's the guy that did such a great job, at least from our perspective, a couple of years ago, Ricky Gervais, Ricky Gervais. He did a great job, but he's also kind of on their level, you know? Um, yeah. So Joe Coy just had a lot of, a lot of factors against him and his, that was not his audience. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to hurt. I, I think it will do nothing but help his career. Like he probably talked to his agent or his best friend or whatever. And was like, man, I don't know. You know, like people are going to shit on me. And the guy's like, none of those people were ever going to buy tickets to you anyway. Like you're going to gain millions of fans because of this. And just like, I kind of respect that he did it knowing how bad of a gig it was, you know, like, He's like, yeah, dude, I'll I'll fucking do comedy anywhere. Like even and people are like, you're going to eat it. Everybody's going to hate it. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm going to now it makes me kind of want to watch it because I bet he did at least say one joke that was like, that was actually pretty good. Yeah. Well, and also he probably has an extra five or ten really easy minutes just bagging on that gig, you know. Um Right. I'm definitely going to I'm going to have Christmas party in January jokes in the next month or two, hopefully. Yeah, that's all you can do. Yeah. But um, yeah, I give him props for that. Uh, hey, we, go ahead. That rem I'm sorry. That reminds me. I don't know if I ever said anything about this. I don't feel like I did, but I was at the Looney Bin in Little Rock a few weeks back or gosh, it's already been a couple months ago. And the bartender comes out and he goes, his name's Tony. He's been there forever. I know Tony. Yeah, everybody knows Tony. And he goes, he goes, hey, man, there used to be a guy that worked here who committed suicide. And when they went through his stuff, they found all these little cassette tapes. Um, and they're all from your shows in like 2008 and 2009. And, and I remember vaguely him. I was drinking a lot back then. And, and I used to, you know, drink on stage and all that. So anyway, he, he gave me this entire, this little bag just full of videotapes that I got to figure out how to convert. Huh. But I'm really interested to see, uh, first of all, how fat I was then because <laughs> <laughs> I was a good 25, 30 pounds heavier um, when I was drinking. And, and I also used to do, at least I thought 
some great crowd work back when I was drinking. Um, and I remember I have memories of it being like good. Um, so we'll see. I'm kind of, yeah. you know, I would love to have videos of, uh, you know, I started headlining one nighters like six months into comedy because I realized like I did this shitty gig that, uh, the headliner didn't show up and I had like 15 minutes of material and I stretched it into like an hour and 10 because I started drinking on stage and I started doing all this crowd work and it was really kind of a watershed moment or whatever. Cause I, cause I was like, I can really do this and uh, uh, like really do this and be funny just off the top of my head if I need to. But it was also a lot easier when I was drinking. So I'm really curious to to see those. I'll probably be a little scared to watch it at the same time. Oh, yeah. It'll be cringy as fuck, dude. But you got to get over that. I did the same thing with a bunch of old videos of mine. And yeah. when I especially when I started doing TikTok and shit and Insta reels and whatnot, like I was like, man, all these old shows, there's at least one or two lines that I said in each of them that. I just never said again after that night or it was just perfect in that situation, you know, like those make great clips. Yeah. And before I had headliner time, I would make sure to do um, and every show that I do now probably has at least five minutes of crowd work in it. But back then, when I would literally stretch 30 into 45 every time I went on stage. I probably will have some jokes out of it that I'm like, oh, I, I can't believe that. That was funny. Why didn't you ever say that again? And it was yeah. because it was because I was wasted. And it also reminded me, I sound like such a name dropper, but um, I featured for Patrice O'Neill in Houston about, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago now. It's already been that long. And uh, he was telling me, he was like, one night I got drunk and went on stage and was was great. And I realized I had to learn how to do that without doing this. And, uh, you know, we had a good conversation. It was such, it's such a shame that that guy died. And it also reminds me that today is 25 years ago that I did my first open mic night. January 11th was, uh, the first time I did comedy and it's 25 years ago, 23, 23 for a living. So a quarter of a century I've been doing this shit. Happy, uh, what is that, silver anniversary or something? Yeah, something like that. So it's crazy that it's been that long and and that still no one knows who I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done a good job for 25 years now, 23 for a living, and still no one knows who I am. So Yeah, but um, no one knows who most people are. Yeah, so that's, that's good. true. Yeah. You're, you're no different than everybody else. Yeah, so. I wish I knew the the exact day that I started. I don't remember. I remember getting in the back of my friend's girlfriend's uh, Bronco, and I know it was hot outside, but I don't remember the date. So. Yeah, well, I graduated at the end of January or December of '98, and I knew that I was going to be a comedian for a living from college. When I graduated from college, I knew this is what I'm going to do. Um, so I remember picking a date. It was a Monday at Stanford's and I'm like, January 11th, that's the day. Or maybe it's the 18th and I'm full of shit and it won't be for another <laughs> week, but I'm pretty positive it was the 11th. I don't think um, anybody has any way of checking or verifying. So no, no way. So one eleven sounds good. Yeah. So anyway, so were, were you funny? I, I was, I had, uh, I had like 10 or 12 people in the crowd that I knew, which I'm sure helped. Um, but I got an applause break and I, I, I had my three minutes down pretty cold. Like I was practicing it like for 
weeks and I got this, um, I got, I bought a microphone and I had this little amplifier because I knew that I needed to hear my voice amplified so it wouldn't be such a shock to me. Mm. So I, 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 I prepared, um, I prepared for it like more than I have a lot of things in my life. Um, so I was ready for it. Plus I've got like stage fright, but I wasn't nervous that night. Um, so yeah, it was good. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, what do we want to talk about first, uh, as far as political shit and stuff going on in the world? Um, it seems like Michelle Obama, I don't know if we have the video of her, but it seems like they are getting her ready to, uh, no one ever calls me unless I'm doing a podcast. Um, it seems, it certainly seems like they are gearing up to make this polio switcheroo and, uh, get rid of Biden for whatever reason. It'll probably be for health reasons. They'll be like, Oh, he's got a tumor or whatever. They'll be like everything else he's doing is a hundred percent fine, but he's sick and old. He's got to go. And it's like, what about all the like bribes and stuff? And they're like, Nope, none of that. Yeah. Just, just old, just old and sad. We just need to let him go. Out to a farm somewhere and be with other dogs. I don't know. <laughs> other old, decrepit fucking... Anyway, I can't stand the guy. I don't have any sympathy for him at all. Um, we do have uh, a Michelle Obama clip. I wouldn't say this is her saying she's going to run for president at all. I think she's saying the same thing that everybody else is, which is like, it's, it's such a... Uh, uh, what's the word? I'm Hypocritical thing to say that we need to save our democracy so you guys can't pick this guy. Right. It's like, that's the exact opposite of what democracy is. Like they should be running on like his ideas are bad or whatever, but they're just like, we can't let him do it. We can't let him like, it's, I don't know. So she just sounds like sort of scared and desperate. Like, like everybody else does these days. It's just like, like if he wins, the world is over. And I don't know. I think if he wins the election the day after the election, I think the stock market will uh, go up. I predict it goes up. I was going to say like a percent or a number or something, but I'm not going to. But I'll just say that people will be excited to actually have a businessman back in the White House again. Uh, but that's uh, we've got a long way till we get to that because of all the shenanigans that are going on, and somehow, almost as though it's a a planned thing, uh, Trump is still pretty much like clean, you know, like he's things are in process that could lead to something, but so far they haven't gotten him on anything. They haven't done the one thing that is going to keep him out of the race and like knock him down in the polls everything that people that hate him have tried to do hasn't worked so far and hopefully it keeps working that way but i don't know i still think it's gonna be crazy but i can't say how yeah it seems like their plan has always just been to and what they've done his entire since he's been on the political scene is just to like throw a story out there about him and then retract it after making all the ignorant masses go, I can't believe he did this. And you're like, well, it's cause he actually didn't. And they're like, well, he did, you know, they, by that time they, they think he did or whatever. Um, so yeah. Oh, I've heard lots of those things, you know, like, yeah. uh, like the hookers peeing on his bed in Russia and, and, uh, 
I, that's the only one that sticks out, I guess. But I've heard it a lot, you know. And yeah. there's like some clip of him on, uh, I want to say Letterman, maybe from like 2015 or something. Like right, I don't even know if he had announced yet, but he was saying something like, "We need to have products made in America." And whoever I, Letterman, I think, was like, "Is do you only buy stuff made in America?" And Trump was like, "Yeah." And Letterman like grabbed his tie and flipped it over and was like, "Made in China." And Trump was just like, hey, you know, I do what I can where I can. Like, I don't pick out my ties or I don't do my tie shopping or whatever the fuck he said. But I had somebody bring that up to me as like a gotcha against Trump. And I'm like, what? Like, do you think he just goes to like Indian reservations and buys all of his clothes and shit like only made here? He's just saying like we should set up the system to where there's not a bunch of fucking Chinese ties. I don't know. It's just the bad arguments from both sides, including yeah. mine. Well, I think they're uh, with this Obama video. I think it's. I think you know, and I could be, obviously be wrong, but I think they're just setting the the stage for her to announce. Like, I just, I, I can't sleep at night. Which, first of all, we'll we'll watch the video instead of me commenting on it before we even see it. But whenever yeah, someone says that, I'm like, you're so full of shit. Like there's this popular lawyer around here. That's like, the, he's got these big billboards and he's like, I couldn't sleep at night knowing what they were doing to accident victims. And I'm like, is that why you're doing it? It's not, <laughs> it's not for all the millions that you're getting for basically nothing. It's because you're just, you just can't sleep doing what they're you're like. You're so full of shit. And then people are like, I want to help this gentleman sleep. <laughs> Yeah, so let's hear the video about Michelle wanting to sleep, essentially. That yeah. keep me up because you, you don't have control over them. Mm -hmm. And you wonder, where are people, where are we in this? You know, where are our hearts? What's going to happen in this next election? I am terrified about what could possibly happen because our leaders matter. Who we select, who speaks for us, who holds that bully pulpit it affects us in ways that I, sometimes I think people take for granted. Yeah. That, see, to me, it's just like, she's just trying to get those few undecided voters to be like, yeah, it is. It would be scary if Trump was president. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a rumor until it's proven or whatever, but man, she's got some big ass hands. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever find that out. I did watch an interesting thing the other day about the uh, Obama birth certificate. And uh, that's just one of those things that's like, that's probably equal to for me as the uh, hookers peeing on Trump's bed or whatever uh, to the other side. They're like, that's been discredited, but I don't know if it really has. And after watching the thing that I watched the other day, it's just, it's pretty interesting that, uh, that that all of that worked out the way that it did. It was uh, other Democrats initially that was like, let's see his birth certificate. If he claims he was born in America and he was like, here's the birth certificate. And then everybody like immediately was like, okay, cool. Thanks. But then a few people were like, wait, that's not what a birth certificate looks like. And everybody else was like, ah, he showed his birth certificate. Just calm down. And, and so then the conversation stopped. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's all it's almost like the people in power were like, all right, no more birth certificate stuff. And everybody in the news was like, okie dokie. 
Yeah. And when it comes to Michelle, I, I think that, uh, first of all, I don't, I don't think she wants to run. I've said that before. I don't think she wants to do it. I think she's going to be forced into it um, by her husband or whoever is like, okay, you don't have to, but we're all fucked if you don't. <laughs> or that could have been the plan all along. They're like, look, for the first 15 years, you're just going to be the wife of the president, nothing else. And then, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I think I think it will make it easier for them to cheat. I don't think they can pull off the level of cheating they need to get Biden reelected. Or maybe they can, but it'll be so egregious that people will be like, okay, there's no freaking way. Right. Um, but, but with Michelle, they can cheat their ass off, and then they can just accuse everyone of being racist who says there's no way she won. Here's why. And they're like racist, you know, and then, and then it's just that old argument. And then four years later, she's still the president. We're like, you know, fucked. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either, man. I hope that that's not what's going to happen, but I don't think that Biden is going to be the, I don't think he's going to run again, but I could be wrong there too. You never know. Or it, things might be dude, like literally anything could happen in the next 11 months like or 10 or whatever i guess until the election like yeah there some crazy shit could happen like i'm not a uh, completely against the the possibility that the election doesn't even happen they might try to do something like that where it's like look for the safety of the country for the safety of democracy we're gonna have to postpone this election like i and who knows what that leads to and it, yeah Every crazy thing that happens, it just makes me think about the the first few months of Q posts and stuff of being like, you know, stay calm, like don't overreact. This is all part of the plan. Like, and it just makes me think like this is either one of the best Democrat psyops in the world that's just making all of these. Uh, 50% of the country be like, just hold on, don't react, don't do anything. Or it's true and saying, hold on, don't do anything is the correct response. But I don't know. But I'm just hoping like all of this is leading to something. And, uh, and the way it's going the last several years, it seems like it definitely is. Yeah. And, and if again, if it's all made up, then man, they've done a great job of just making up shit that sounds completely feasible to me, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, where do we want to go now? Um, and I had a point in my head and I forgot what it was. I'm sure. It was brilliant. It was, um, here, let's watch, uh, uh, well, it was the anniversary of January 6th the other day. And, uh, the guy on CNN, like, I don't think he was really crying. I think like his pr producer or director or whatever was like, you got to cry after the commercial break. And oh he's like, God, this is pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, but it just seems kind of fake to me. So I don't know. Play that though. It's only like 20 seconds. Okay. Try to get through this. Um, thank you for what you did three years ago today. Um, please. Tell me your thoughts um, on this third anniversary. <laughs> yeah. 
first of all, I don't know um, who that guy is that he is talking to, but he had a look on his face like, are you crying right now? <laughs> I think he was a Capitol Police officer, but I could be wrong. Yeah. And what are you crying about? Shut up. Nothing really even happened. All the people who died, it was after the fact and it wasn't because of January 6th. And I can't believe so many people still buy that shit, but whatever. Yeah. I talked about that in my uh, messenger group text thing the other day about uh, because a friend was asking like, so was it an insurrection? Like, tell me, you guys, like, d did people like have guns and stuff? And I replied and I was like, nobody had guns. And then my friend like posted some article that was like two people outside the Capitol were arrested with guns. And I was like, oh, sorry, two out of the 500,000 people that were there got caught with a gun. I don't know. Like, it's yeah. people are definitely still on the it was a fucking insurrection sort of mindset you know yeah yeah it's very insane to me um here hold on i'm gonna find some more videos here let's stick with the bullshit stuff here's a hey here's obama and biden telling us some bullshit about whatever but biden just looks old and tired and i like to imagine that this is like the 10th time that they've tried this and and each time, like, I think there's a blooper reel somewhere of Biden going, no, let's start over. And Barack being like, no, you had it. You had it that time. God damn it. Yeah, I, I guarantee Barack Obama fucking hates Joe Biden. And he's just like, he's just like, we couldn't have found anybody better, you know. Um, and the answer is probably no. But anyway, let's watch it. It's pretty funny to me. Our democracy depends on you. It really does, folks. That's no joke. That's why we need you. We need your democracy depends on you. Oh, it really does, folks. That's no joke. That's why we need you. We need your help to ensure Joe's leadership continues to guide us forward. We know the other side won't rest, so we can't either. Your donation will help give Joe and Kamala's campaign the resources it needs. Let's make history again. Chip in now. Let's secure a brighter future together. Murder future. Hold on, wait. They cut it. Did you see that edit at the end? Let's watch this again. The resources it needs. Let's make history again. Chip in now. Did you see how it cut in? Like he couldn't even. They were like, and you got to say chip in now, Joe. Come on, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a pathetic display from from both of them. But yeah, they were probably. But they're like, just edit it. Just 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 cut it in a different way we can't i can't i got kids at home <laughs> um let's see here let's watch this uh jfk fitness thing you want to yeah and i also real quick i wanted to say that i think it's funny that he he had to say his it's no joke line they're like he, you can remember that right fuckhead you say that every speech you do yeah you can but, remember that right and he's like yeah I, I can remember that part you can tell that he said it like he was repeating it not like he thought it like that's that's what i tell mcs when i'm like telling them what my intro is i'm I'm like, say he's like one of the funniest guys that you've ever worked with. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, but say it like you think it. Don't say it like you asked me what I want you to say. And that's what I told you. And some people are like, okay. And other people are like, what? 
Like it, yeah. but MCing bothers me so much when people do it wrong. I know I'm getting off track here, but that reminds me of a story of, I was, I was like, tell them that, uh, that I've, uh, I don't remember what I said. Like, he's one of the funniest guys that I know. That wasn't it, but we'll just say. So the guy goes up on stage and he's like, uh, this guy is one of the funniest guys that I know, according to what he just told me to say. And so then I go up to that. And I'm like, what? Like, uh, fucking bothers me, dude. I'm like, don't try to be funny about me in my intro. Like, that's not how comedy works. Yeah, I know. I know. I do the same thing. And part of my intro is headlines nationwide. And they'll, and I'm like, just say those words. You don't need to add to it. And they'll be like, you've seen this guy everywhere. I'm like, how is that possible, shithead? They live in Little Rock. Why would they have seen me all over the country? Just say what I fucking told you to say. They're like, I get it. I get the gist. I'm like, yeah. don't do the gist. Do don't. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do the gist. Do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know what the, we're getting ready to watch, but it was interesting. Okay. Nothing, I think, more unfortunate than to have a soft, chubby, fat looking children. I hope that all of you will join and everybody in the United States to make sure that our children participate fully in a vigorous and adventurous life which is possible for them in this very rich country of ours. This footage is from one of the 4,000 U.S. high schools that followed La Sierra's physical education program that was pushed to be the standard model by JFK. According to the La Sierra physical education standards that were outlined in their 1966 handbook, the minimum push-ups that a student should be able to do is 16 and they should have at least a seven and a half minute mile run. Considering most modern Americans struggle to even complete five push-ups, this 16 minimum is quite shocking. The top group that was outlined in the handbook is Blue Team, and to be a part of this, you had to be able to perform 12 handstand push-ups and at least 14 pull-ups, which are crazily impressive standards. Considering one in six modern American children have obesity, it is a shocking sight to see how seriously fitness and health were being taken in the 1960s and how even the president was helping push forward this higher standard of physical education in school. This should be a matter of concern to us all. A country uh, is as strong, really, as its citizens. And I think that mental and physical health, mental and physical vigor, go hand in hand. Dude, that part at the beginning made me laugh so hard when he's like... (laughs) (laughs) Chubby, fat children. Chubby, fat, pasty fucking children, whatever he said. (laughs) Uh, it's true. We've felt really fallen as a nation in that regard, man. Well, I guess that's kind of related to this Carlin clip because he's talking about education and that too. So let's go from uh, having a whole school of people that are like encouraged to work out every day to what we have now, which is what Carlin's going to talk about here. And education sucks. And it's the same reason that it will never, ever, ever be fixed. It's never going to get any better. Don't look for it. Be happy with what you got. Because the owners of this country don't want that. I'm talking about the real owners now. The real owners, the big wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. Forget the politicians. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. 
They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. That's right. Yeah, what a, <clears throat> what a shame he's gone and Bill Hicks is gone. and So many of the people who actually have balls are gone. Um, and the people who still have balls, they try to suppress like crazy and uh, sucks. But And he's so right about all that stuff. We're owned, you know. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's how humans have been, though, for a really long time. Like, as long as civilizations have existed, there's basically been, you know, kings and and churches and stuff like that. Like, I think throughout human history most people have been like man i don't want to do the thing that the guy says that i have to do but i have to yeah i think that's just our thing you know like if we i don't know that's an interesting discussion i guess though is like it, well it goes back to freedom versus security or whatever like if we were just like everybody just do whatever you want then people would like steal food and like hurt people and that kind of shit. Like you got to have something, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we yeah. have to be owned at, at some level, like whether it's by a God that we don't see necessarily, or whether it's by people like uh, there has to be some kind of control mechanism, I guess. Doesn't there or does there not? Are we like, I guess I think that's what the, the, the Constitution is, is like minimal control in order to keep everybody as free as possible. But like even the Constitution realizes like, look, you can't do whatever you want. Like there's got to be some rules here and there. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But the way they set it up, if we would have stayed on that path, um, you know, I think that's why they took over in 1913, not just to make all that money that they've made, you know, trillions, more than trillions since then. Um, but to keep us from, not necessarily to keep us from becoming what we were supposed to, but if we, not that may not have been their motivation, but if we had stayed on that path, minimal government and, to keep your hand out of our pocket and you know i mean there has to be parameters set up you know to like help the less fortunate in society and that kind of thing i think that part of it's good but the way that the way that it's trending and the way that they've led us towards um that's all bad you know and it's just getting worse all the time i don't know if i said that very well but no i mean i understand but it's yeah it makes sense it's like they are like we as a society don't matter as individuals to them. They're like, Oh shit, we're going to lose a million if we do this. And they're like, ah, it's fine. We got plenty. 
like their individual lives aren't important to me. It's just the over. It's like Sim City or whatever, you know. It's like, all right, we're gonna build a factory, and that's gonna put X amount of dollars into this, and then we're gonna get this out of it. And they're like, all right, do it. And yeah, like eh, it's gonna give cancer to a whole town, and they're like, eh, it's not my town. Yeah, no kidding. Um, we've got about we've we've got about 12, 15 minutes to talk. Uh, maybe we, we, there's no time limit on this or anything, but I did want to talk about uh, the fall of Minneapolis documentary a little bit. And I wanted to talk a little uh, yeah. bit and I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, about Epstein and the list that it's coming out painfully slow. Like if, if there weren't people who were going to be totally screwed by that list coming out, why don't they just put the list out, you know, like in its entirety and you know it proves to me that they're that they're not about justice they just they're there's something very sinister going on that they don't want us to know about at least that's what it feels like to me and we've probably talked about epstein whether he's alive or dead or whatever but i tend to believe that he's not even dead like i think somebody like epstein if 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 epstein island was what they said it was, what a lot of people say it was, I think they probably have so much video footage of him, of all those people doing nefarious shit, and if he was to die, they probably had things set up in a way that would go out to everyone. Like, here's Clinton doing this to a girl, and here's Hillary, and all these movie stars, and and whatever. It seems like somebody like Epstein would be smart enough to know that, like, they're going to kill me, and here's here's how I'm going to prevent that. Yeah. So he's What's that prob- called? A dead man switch. Yeah. Um, Where it's like, if I don't type my password into my computer by 6 p.m., then all of this is going out. Yeah. And like, type it in. And he's like, only from my fucking yacht will I type this in. And they're like, all right, get him out of here. Turn the cameras off. Put the guards to sleep. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, at the very least he didn't he didn't kill himself. Somebody killed him, but I I think Or maybe maybe he had a body double and he was never even in jail himself at all. Maybe they just sent that guy in there. And then one night that guy was like, I'm not even Jeffrey Epstein. And they're like, oh fuck. And then somebody called somebody and then they went up the chain and they were like, fucking open the cells and turn the cameras off and put the guards to sleep. And just let whatever happens, happens. And none of the other prisoners knew that he wasn't him, you know? Sure. I'm just making shit up, but it's not, that's as believable as anything else. Yeah, I mean, it's all just opinion, but uh, my opinion is that he's probably not dead, and that seems pretty feasible that they just put a body double in there and be like, you know, maybe that guy, even if that guy did know they were going to kill him, he would just be the the crazy guy screaming into the wind, like, I'm not Jeffrey Epstein. They're like, yeah, okay, sure, buddy. That's what I'd say too in your position. And then we're going to murder you. Yeah. uh. So it's weird how that, even that makes me uncomfortable, even though it's like, yeah, but it's Jeffrey Epstein. He's terrible. And I'm like, I know, but he's just to be trapped somewhere. is like, that's a fear of mine. You know, I hate that feeling of like, Like I've never spent more than I think like 18 hours is maybe the longest I ever spent in jail. But even that was like, I was like, I'm going to fucking go crazy in here. (laughs) Like I can't imagine doing that for years or whatever, decades even. But 
Well, I went one day, one time. I mean, I've been to jail a couple times, but uh, I went for 50 days. And I think I've told the story on the podcast about when I went for 50 days. It was a choice between going to jail for 50 days and my all the shit I was, all the trouble I was in being over, or they were going to make me uh, be on probation again for a year and not be, not let me be anywhere where they served alcohol. So basically, I was going to have to quit comedy for a year. And I wasn't willing to do that. And my lawyer was like, you can do 50 days and be done with it. Um, but I went to jail that morning thinking, or I went to court that morning thinking that I was, that the case was going to be dismissed. And then my lawyer called me that morning and was like, uh, the judge is recommending you go to the prosecutor, whatever is recommending you go to jail for six months. And I was like, what? Six months. And, and then I went to, and I was literally, I was really thinking about just like not showing up for court that that would cause a whole nother, you know, if I get pulled over, then all of a sudden I'm looking at a year or whatever in jail. And mm-hmm. So anyway, I went to court that day knowing um, that I was probably not going to come home that afternoon. And uh, so I went and the judge was the biggest dick in Johnson County. And um, so then I went to jail that day. And I remember being like, having no idea if I was going to be in there for six months or a year or however long. And I had to pay a lawyer to get me the 50 day deal. Um, but it was a terrifying thing to be like thinking I'm getting, I'm, this is all going to be dismissed today to, eh, they're recommending six months. And I'm like, what, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and then going and hearing, yeah, we're, we're going to put you in custody and then not knowing how freaking long I was in there. Did you um, drive there that day? Yeah, and I texted my roommate, and I'm like, here's where my car is parked, and I need somebody to come get my car, and um, mm. blah, blah, blah. So, but yeah, um, it sucked, but whatever. Well, speaking of court things, you saw, I'm sure, uh, the video of the guy jumping and uh, trying to attack the judge? No, I, I saw a video about it, but then I didn't ever see the guy. I didn't. I didn't see it. Well, maybe we should look it up and watch it. Okay. Did he, did he get to the judge? Uh, he got to the judge, but he got pulled off almost immediately. Um, but, uh, cause I watched it enough to be like, which one of these guys is going to attack the judge. And then I don't know what video I was watching, but no one ever attacked anybody. So again, I don't know what I was watching, but let's see here. While you're looking for that, I did want to say that Letitia James reportedly has been visited Biden in the White House several times as of late. Um, yeah, so, I, I heard that also. Yeah. Is, is that showing on the screen? There's something there. Yeah, it looks like a courtroom. Is it full screen? Can you see it all? I think so. I have to, find, I have to put it on the screen to know for sure, but I think so. Do it. All right. It's time that he gets a taste of something else because I just can't with that history. In accordance with the laws of state of Nevada, this court. Oh, Get off her. Get off her. Oh, 
go through this. All right. Wow. (laughs) That guy was back in court uh, today and he had, damn it, I wish I would have left Rumble open because he had so many police around him. Uh, (laughs) Same judge and everything. Let's see here if that comes up quickly. Man, he did a Jimmy Superfly schnooka at that bitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, and uh, like from other from people talking about it and stuff like he I don't think he even touched the judge after the initial like diving at her. I think he got pulled off of her immediately and she was like out of out of there. That that guy in the suit that was punching him, he looked like he didn't know how to punch somebody. He's like, oh, of course. <laughs> but that makes me like I respect that guy more because of like how inexperienced he was. But he was like, I know that I got to just hit this guy. That's what I do now. Yeah. Uh, there. Play. Show this now. He's all fucking wrapped up. They've got mittens on him. Mr. Almasi is here now. That same judge reads off like 15 counts that are all felonies. And uh, yeah, that guy's basically screwed now. Yeah. I, yeah, that was that turned out to be a bad decision for him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, like, what is he thinking? Like what the, the judge is going to be like, all right, I'm sorry. You can go. Yeah, I didn't know you were this. I didn't know you were this invested in it. I'll let you go. Yeah, sometimes your emotions can take over, and and uh, I'm sure he's a jailhouse hero. <laughs> Maybe so. Everybody's like, "Heck yeah, dude, you're awesome!" Like hey. that's that sucks. Like I don't. I want friends that are like, "Dude, what were you thinking?" Like that's those are the friends I need. I don't need friends that are like, "Fuck yeah, dude, that was cool when you attacked that federal judge." Well, I'm sure in jail, though, they're all just like, man, everybody in here wanted to do that. And you did it. God bless you. Here's my carrot cake. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you get carrot cake in jail. I don't remember getting it. But uh, anyway, what? Oh, yeah. The documentary. You want to talk about that for a few minutes? Oh, yeah. What's it called? Uh, Something Minneapolis. The Fall of Minneapolis. Um, It's the, the whole story of George Floyd and all that stuff. And it and it's. It's pretty interesting the way like here's what I thought about the whole George Floyd thing. I was like, I don't think him kneeling on him is what killed him. And then the autopsy report said exactly that. Like he had uh, three times the the lethal dose of fentanyl in his system, plus a bunch of other shit. Like the autopsy said, if this guy was found at home by himself, that would have been the cause of death. Um but it also goes into basically them surrendering a, a police station to the rioters and stuff, even though they could have easily defended it. Like it was just like uh, orders from above that were like, abandon it. And they're like, what? Why? Like, it's fine. And they're like, abandon it. Get out of there. And they're like, all right. And then it just got torn to shit. Um, yeah. Yeah, the guy that pointed it out or sent me a message about it was a guy I went to. I wanted to give him a shout out real quick. His name is Brian. And uh, I always liked this guy. We went to middle school together and he was always wearing like concert shirts and and uh, and he smoked cigarettes in eighth grade. But he was also like a straight A student. He like 
couldn't look less like a straight A student, but he was. And uh, I just always liked him a lot. And uh, so he's the one that sent me that video. And I ended up I ended up watching the whole thing last night, even though um, I knew most of that stuff. But was what was super interesting is that the the chief of police went on on uh, on stay on stand and lied about under oath and lied about the training saying that they were never trained to put their knee on someone's neck that was, you know, being that way. Um, so they're, and all the cops were like, well, that's bullshit. We're all trained to do that. Um, so he's lying. And then, then just to see the, the, the way they were able to, um, convince all these people of something that they, they left out so many key pieces of evidence about George Floyd and about how he died and he had a 75% blockage in his heart um, that, you know, that's pretty significant blockage. So he had that, he had hypertension, he had like three times the legal limit of fentanyl in him. Just so many things that, that the mob mentality, the mob won in that situation. And I feel like that's kind of, in a way, what's happened to this country, like this mob mentality and and like, if you even say certain things, even in front of people that agree with you, they're not always going to, they're like, I'm not sure if that's okay to say, like they've, they've just brainwashed the country, um, in so many regards. And, and, and I remember too, I've said this before, but the lead up to that George Floyd thing, it was like all week long, there was like a different story about like, uh, these kids in the park weren't allowed to sell Kool-Aid or this or that. And all, there's like this build build up. And then the George Floyd thing happened. And I feel like they do that kind of stuff all the time. Um, but it was very interesting. I encourage people to go watch it, The Fall of Minneapolis. I screenshotted all this stuff last night as I was watching it that, of course, we didn't even use today. But, um, oh, yeah, the the main guy that arrested him, by the way, was black. That was just a – that was always just kind of lost on people. Uh, Alex King. Um and the the crime rate has gone has just like doubled in every every awful regard. Like the homicides have doubled, uh, gunshot wound victims have gone from two sixty six in twenty nineteen. It jumped up to six fifty eight in twenty twenty one, and uh, there were carjackings have gone through the roof. They went from having like eight hundred and eighty cops in twenty twenty to current day they have five hundred and twelve. So they've lost 380 officers. Um, it's very interesting. There's so much stuff on there um, that and I'm surprised it's even on YouTube, to be honest with you. And if you see the video, there's a lot of videos like that on YouTube, um, which just surprised me in general that they even allow it. But Yeah, well, YouTube seems to change their terms of service every few months. and And so it's interesting, like, what you're allowed to say and not allowed to say. And that's what, that's why I still kind of stay off of it. As far as my real opinions go, i just post like wacky comedy and stuff, but like people, uh, who am I thinking? Like Steven Crowder is a good example. Like, well, and quite frankly, also they, what quite frankly does, what Frank does is he'll put his episodes up on YouTube or he'll do it live on YouTube. And then he just ends up deleting the whole video off of YouTube because he says or he knows like eventually they're going to change the terms of service that say you're not allowed to say a thing that he said tonight. You know what I mean? 
Like even though it's not against the rules now, it could be in the future. That and so that's what's weird about YouTube because for the longest time, like you weren't allowed to question the origin of the virus, and now you definitely are allowed to do that. Um, you're you weren't allowed to question the election. Uh, questioning election integrity was one of them and then now it just is so much more vague it's like you can't do misinformation and disinformation and you're like well what's that and they're like we'll tell you when you do it so so what does he do he does a live stream and then he deletes it off of youtube yeah i don't i mean i don't know if he deletes every show but i've definitely heard him say before like this is on youtube now it will be deleted by tonight because it'll get flagged eventually because of whatever sometimes it's because of the subject matter other times he's like oh i played a song i probably shouldn't have played that song because of copyright or whatever but uh but still yeah i know that that's what has been done in the past yeah well what do we want to talk about um before we get out of here anything uh well speaking of minnesota i've got shows in rochester i guess we'll have a few more shows before then this weekend i'm going to russellville arkansas to a place i think it's called the old bank uh which i hope that it's exactly what i'm imagining it is i want like a big vault behind me with like an audience you know but i don't know what it is really it could just be a bar or something but i'll be at the old bank in russellville and uh hopefully it's packed and i sell a bunch of shirts because i am uh broke as fuck yeah well um i if, if we're gonna close it out on upcoming shows on monday i'm gonna be at the end 10 minutes from my house in uh southern california in torrance um and david ketchner is gonna be the i don't, I don't know if i'm saying his name right but the guy from he was in uh, uh snl and An anchorman, anchorman. And, yeah yeah, yeah. He's going to be there, and I'm going to do a spot there. So that's on Monday if anybody wants to come see that. Um, I'll be there with him. And then uh, January 22nd through 28th, I will be in Vegas at the Tropicana Laugh Factory. It's it's the it's the Laugh Factory inside the Tropicana Hotel and Casino. That There'll be 14 shows there. Go to laughfactory.com for tickets. Wow. Uh, and then I've got some other dates coming up after that. So um, do You still sell shirts, right? Yeah, I've got my... Are you bringing a shitload of them with you? Yeah, um, it's not the. It, actually, last time I was there, it did pretty well in merchandise. I usually do pretty well, um, especially over fourteen shows. I sell a bunch of them, but I've been yeah. selling a lot. Of, I've been selling a lot of shirts lately. I sell those "Jesus Loves You," even if I think you're the worst T-shirts, and uh -huh. and they sell great, man. Um, you know, I sold the "Go Fuck Yourself" shirts for a long time, and they did really well up until the climate of the country changed and. Um, plus I've got a little boy that I don't want to be putting that out there in the world anymore. Right. Um, but that they sold really well. And I think they're, those are in a lot of people's closets or t-shirt drawers that they never wear. They're like, I'd like to wear that, but uh, I can't wear right. it. Right. They're probably a lot of people's undershirts. Yeah. But the Jesus loves you. Uh, those do pretty well. I sold a lot of them in Omaha. Um, and the weekend before that at, in, uh, I do this one nighter on New Year's and those sold pretty well. So to answer your question in a long winded way, yes, I ha I have t-shirts. So I'll be nice. Them. That's the yeah. first thing I think of when I'm like 14 shows. Wow. That's a lot of shirts. Yeah. Two shows every night. And it, it's a, it's a really fun room. Like it's, it's a great, 
room for crowd work. Like I was just at the Omaha funny bone and I had a good time and I really enjoyed the show, but, um, their, their light is so bright. Like you can't see past the first few people. And if those people aren't crowd work worthy, which I like to do a few minutes every show, um, it wasn't a great, it's not a great room for crowd work. So, you know, you have to have an act or you're screwed. Um, as far as if it, I was thinking that on stage, like, thank God I have an act because if I just, <laughs> if, if I just counted on crowd work here, I'd be screwed. But Vegas is great for it. Um, because just the layout of the stage and everything, I'm going to, I'm going to get you in there eventually. If your special doesn't do it, I'll, I'll get you in there with that guy. So. Yeah, we need an, an agent. If anybody's watching this and you're an out of work comedy agent, I say this to everybody though, when they ask how they can help, like just call a club and convince them to book me and I'll give you 10% of whatever you get them to pay me. Like, and then boom, you're my agent. Yeah. Yeah. I've had agents and managers and some of them were good. And most of them though, just took a percent of my money. And I'm like, I did all the work. What do I owe you money for? And they're like, you owe me. Yeah. No, that's why I, I, well, I say it like it's my choice, but like I've talked to a few over the years that are like, yeah, I could help you out. And I'm just like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want, I don't know. I don't want to do cruise ships or whatever. Like, even though I guess I wouldn't be totally against the idea now, but I don't think I'm clean enough to do a cruise ship. No, I would definitely get in trouble probably the first night if I was trying to do a cruise ship. Um, I, I, I'd like, we should probably talk about this after the podcast is over, but I, I like certain aspects of it. Like I like the water and, and I, I could dig a cruise and all that stuff, but I've talked to a lot of people that do them that are just miserable doing them. Um, but if I get to be like 60 and I'm not where I want to be in this business where I just, I'm like, I just want to take some cruises and get paid for it. And my kid's grown now. So fuck it. Um, I'll do cruise ships. Actually. I mean, you could probably bring your wife and kid with you if you did a cruise and they'd, pr I mean, I don't know if they would get to go for free, but it would still, you'd come out ahead. Like, yeah. cause my biggest complaint about doing the cruise ships, and this is just what I've heard from other comics is that, they're very strict against uh, any, against you, like hanging out with anyone that's on, on a cruise. Like they don't want their employees fucking some chick that's on a cruise. And that would be like my first desire of like, <laughs> oh man, I'm just on a cruise. All these hot chicks, like I want to have sex with one of them. And they're like, no, you can't. I'm like, well, that just sounds like a fucking like a challenge like all right you got to try to fuck one of these chicks but nobody can find out and i'm like god that makes me want to do it even more plus i'm sure with that many people there would be a few hot chicks but i think more than that there would be a lot of old people <laughs> yeah probably couples and stuff but my sister is like in her 40s and her and her husband go or you know my brother-in-law they go on cruises and stuff and they say they meet all sorts of people like their age and younger like it yeah. depends on what the cruise is also. Yeah. Like there's not a ton of old people that are like, let's go fucking take a cruise to, I don't know what Cancun or whatever. Like right. most of those are like partiers. Well, uh, make sure you, we're going to get off here now and uh, talk about <laughs> the, talk about this shit after we end the recording. But um, thanks for tuning in everybody. God bless all of you. And we will see you next week. And uh, anything you want to say, Mike, before we go? I can't think of anything. Uh, don't forget to have your pets spayed or neutered. <laughs>
All right, that's a good one. All right, as always, go to making it happen, M A C A N at happen.com. Help out little Bo Macon and his family. And that's it. God bless all of you. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Bye.